Hi everybody, this is Crypto Rich working with you to get rich with crypto, filling our pockets with crypto profits. This is my weekly video on technical analysis going out much later than normal. I've got with me Amir Ness. Amir used to work in banking, has been a trader, so he's going to guide and advise me. Now before I introduce Amir, I want to let you know this is not financial advice to your own due diligence and do not, do not invest any more than you can afford to lose and definitely, definitely do not do what I'm doing just because I'm doing it. You really need to check stuff out yourself. All right. Hey, good, good morning. Good afternoon, Amir. How are you, Rich? I am very, very well. Very, very well. Thank you so much for making for making yourself available to do this and at short notice. And let's get right into it. I've got the Bitcoin dollar one day Bitfin on chart on Bitfinex. And mm. I, I've just got an account with TradingView and I've not learned how to use the indicators yet. Right. So I'm a little bit rusty. But you can see no we've had this crazy, crazy run up the peak, and since then it's corrected, and now it's got very, very boring moving sideways. What yeah. do you want to tell us? Okay, so let's just make sure so everybody understands um, what the lines are. These yeah. lines are, are moving averages, so you have the 20 period moving average, and then you have the 9 period moving average. And <clears throat> these are just general indicators, meaning you're looking at 20 days moving average price. So every time you get a cross where one crosses above the other, if the uh, if the nine period crosses above the 20 period, that's potentially bullish because you're getting uh, average price uh, that is higher every day. And if it's the other way around, it, it is bearish because it means that average price is coming down. Now, Every trader trades differently, obviously, but it's important to understand something. These massive bars are a massive sign of volatility. It's very, very difficult to look at this bar where you have a high of up here, mm -hmm. and we're not going to show what the price Over is. Over here, right? right? Yeah. And then you have a low here, and all of that happened in one day. So these, each one of these candles is one day's worth of price. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So first thing I, I would point out to all of this is the extreme volatility that you're seeing in a chart like this. Okay? It's, mm -hmm. You can look at a chart like this and start coming up with a, a thought process of what it is. But when you see one day's activity like this, and you see that in several bars, you begin to understand that there's massive volatility going on. Now, why, why is that important to understand? Because chart reading is looking at price, and it's almost like you're a therapist, you're a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and you're reading the chart, and you're basically saying, what is the price thinking? What's going right. on with is it, is it, you know, excited because it's going to go up or depressed because it's going to go down? And that is the role of chart reading, essentially. Now, the problem with chart reading is that, on, and it's very applicable right now when you have very quiet um, and non-existent price movement, basically. Mm -hmm. The problem with it is that on any given day, someone can influence the chart just by what they do, which basically throws the whole chart out of whack and, and is very difficult to read correctly. So 
you always have to take chart reading with a grain of salt because especially in the environment we're in where it's like okay the market cap of, of bitcoin is 200 billion and you've got whales that are doing otc transactions right now for hundreds of millions of dollars and then you have um exchanges like uh bitfinex or bitmex that give 10 times leverage mm -hmm. so you have to really take that with a grain of salt and you know one of the reasons why i don't trade anymore is because it's just it's not a reliable source of income when you have to come to work every day and figure stuff out and you've got all these like variables that you don't know what somebody in the market's going to do one day to the next so that's one thing but in general let's look at this and what we see is you have the big run-up okay and this is the euphoria and then you start having people say oh no this is not where price belongs this is where where bigger guys are stepping in and basically saying it's gone up too high too fast and they they either short or sell and you get a pretty you know a pretty accentuated reaction in these three bars where you've got you know you almost lose all of this run-up right here yeah. in three days. Yeah. And it tries to go back up again. The, it fails. You come back down. This time you're breaking the low, so you've got a new low, right? Yeah. Which, not coincidentally, matches the low that you had down here, okay? So that's another thing in chart reading. Everybody should always use the past as a reference point. So... Whenever you're looking forward, you, you, you look at the past to say, okay, where did we touch? Where could be our potential points of support or points of resistance? This time it goes up and it comes back down and then you retest the same exact high again and it fails. Okay. This time, it, this time right here, it breaks this. So that makes this the next resistance point and mm -hmm. it hold right here. Okay. So you've got uh, essentially what you've got is the establishment of a new high and then failure and then you've got the lows down here and the highs up here and what's happening price is just really kind of hanging out between the low and the high nothing going on for nothing the whole going year on. and you're talking about right on the right of the screen now under exactly. your picture nothing going on now, one thing I want to ask you, and I've heard this, right, is that the volume is really, really low. So what does that mean and what does that indicate? Right. So it's simple. If, if you're buying a bunch of apples from a guy in the bazaar and he's got 20 apples left out of 100 that he sold and somebody comes and says, I want to buy 15 apples, he's going to think to himself, wow, I only have 20 apples left now. The 15 apples that this guy wants to buy are more valuable now because he has tw only 20 in total. Right. As, as opposed to if he wanted to buy the same 15 apples when he had 100 apples in stock. So low volume means that a buyer has fewer sellers to buy from and a, a, a seller has fewer buyers that will buy from him. So low volume means that price is going to move much more with less money or the same amount of money okay it just means more volatility which is why i said right now 
it's very difficult to look at a chart and predict anything's going to happen because you're right at this kind of um, equilibrium point where we've been 6,500. And every time we try to go up, it comes back down. And every time we go down, it comes back up. So it's kind of like just hanging out there. Mm -hmm. Very difficult, very difficult to predict from a chart which way it's going to go. Right. There are reasons why I believe it's going to go up, but they have to do with fundamental reasons, not technical analysis. Okay. All right. Thank you. Carry on. Okay. So, look, essentially, don't try to read too much into a chart. I could sit here and talk for half an hour, but it would, it would be semi-bullshit. The bottom <laughs> line is, you look at a chart like this, and here are some of the things you want to remember. Every time you see a wick like this, okay, this, one this here? means this one, right? That one too, that one as well. So what this means is that the candle, okay, it opened up here. It went all the way down to here yep. and it, and it closed back up here. Yep. Okay. So in one way, it looks very, very bearish, very negative because you open up here and then you got a big dump and it went all the way down to here. That's not a good sign. However, it also looks bullish because what it means is that when price actually went this low, buyers stepped in and came and bought it all the way back up. Right. Okay. So you have two, two different kind of um, uh, indications of what, what's going on. The other thing that this could possibly mean is this is what the strong hands use to get the weak hands out of the market. They drive the price down very quickly and create sellers, and then they start buying back everything they sold and more. So that's another sign right here. And you have quite a few of these. You have it here, you have it here, you have it here a little bit, you have it here, and then finally, slowly, slowly, you just work your way down until you're basically retesting all these kind of low-ish areas, right? Right. Now, what did price do? Essentially, it did one thing. It went to a new high. It went back down to test the breakout, the lows, and then it did nothing. It's doing nothing. Okay? So all this means to us now is that we established a new high, we retested the lows, and now we're waiting to see what's going to happen next. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a very important statistic um, that Tom Lee from Fundstrat has come out with, and he basically did a, a pricing analysis. I'm sorry, I'm just having to send this one. <laughs> okay, he did a, a pricing analysis, and over the last three years. The greatest moves in price of Bitcoin have come in a 10-day span. Okay, let's understand what that means. The greatest move in the price of Bitcoin has happened in a 10-day period. What that means is that you're, if you're holding or trading Bitcoin throughout 365 days of the year, Mm -hmm. the largest move is going to happen in 10 days. 
And that has happened every year for the last three years. Now, why is that important? First of all, as a minor, it's very important to note that because I get, I get asked the question, well, is it better to buy Bitcoin or is it better to mine Bitcoin? Now, there's advantages to both, but the only advantage you're going to have is if, as a buyer is if you're able to actually trade Bitcoin because that's how you can generate income going in and out. Mm -hmm. As a miner, you have kind of this more conservative approach to Bitcoin where you're just earning your ROI on a monthly basis. And over the long term of two, three years, you're going to realize any big swings. But if you're not holding or if you're not on the right side of that trade for, for those 10 days, you just missed everything. Right. Okay. And it's very easy psychologically to invest $10,000 into Bitcoin and over the course of six months, you see it go up, you see it go down, you say, no, I don't want to sell here, I think it'll go higher, then it goes down, then you say, should I buy some more, you buy some more, then it goes a little lower, then it goes back all the way up. By the time six months is over and you're looking at your cell phone every day at a chart, <laughs> you, get, you get very frustrated about what's going on, and then you ask yourself, what am I going to do? The guys who were really excited about holding Bitcoin because they got in on this big boom, mm -hmm. and then they said to themselves, wow, this is it, Bitcoin is going to boom. And look at that. They had to hold it all the way down here, and they were not making any money on their, on their Bitcoin. There was no ROI throughout this period. No. Okay? So... This is one of the things you have to understand and between the difference between mining and owning. Mining and owning both have their advantages, but you have to understand that when you're owning Bitcoin, if you want to make money as a trader, you're going to have you got to be a, a full-time trader. This is not something to do, you know, every once in a while look at your charts and say whether you want to buy or sell, especially now with all the big boys getting into the market. Yeah. But now, with that said, let's let everyone in on the big surprise. Yes. Uh, now, before I do, I just want to say something. So one, the other thing that I hear what you're saying is mining is uh, is dollar cost averaging. I put my money yeah, in and then I'm getting a little bit, little bit. It's dollar cost averaging, which is which which makes sense in a very volatile market like Bitcoin. And uh, we did this deliberately. If you look up here, the prices are actually in the hundreds. Because I showed Amir this before we started recording. What you're actually looking at is not the most recent bubble, but the bubble of 2014. And I've been, I bought Bitcoin in 2013 before this bubble. And then what I've seen is that Bitcoin is doing now what it did in 2014. And the I'm just moving this along here. You can see here. You can see. When you're in the latest bubble, in the most recent bubble, which is here, this is the price today, right now, 6609, it opened at. When you're here at the latest bubble, if I can get this to work, um, you the previous bubbles, you can't see them in the rear view mirror. This is when it spiked up to over $19,000. Now, the previous bubble was just over $1,000. You can't see that. It's just a flat line. And then the bubble before that was about $100. Yeah. 
and the bubble before that was about $30. So if we have the same kind of ratio, who knows where Bitcoin is going to be the next time it runs up. And then from what I can tell, Amir, and you t tell me, right, this is on the daily chart, the candles. And what we're looking at here, you know, as a, as a social worker who's with a uh, f former banker and trader, right, what these candles actually measure is human behavior. Exactly. That's what they measure, buyers and sellers, what, who are human interaction in the uh, marketplace. And what we've got here is it's all kind of flatlining. I loved your example about the apples. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Right. People are waiting. The apples are way more valuable, which is also why, you know, it's it's going to break out either to the downside or to the upside. But could it also do like going up gradually, step by step, like it has done in the past? Yeah, it could. But the chances are it won't, because what is happening right now is everybody sees all of the support points right here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody is looking at it and saying, okay, if we don't break support, we're going up. And if we go up, we're not going to go up to, you know, 7,000. We're going to retest 8,000 and then 8,500 and then 10,000. Now, it's impossible to say what is the chart going to look like on the way from 6,500 to 10,000. It could easily go up to 10,000 and come back down to 6,500, as we did right here. We went from 6,500 up to 10,000. Everybody must have gotten excited, and then yeah. look at that. We, we came all the way back down to 6,500. Yeah. Now, if you were a buyer of Bitcoin, a passive investment buyer of Bitcoin, you would you would have depression. You would need antidepressants because you thought you did everything right, and you did. And but of course, you weren't. You're not going to hold. I mean, you're going to hold your Bitcoin here because you're thinking it's going to break out, and it comes all the way back down to sixty five hundred, and you made no income. That's when I talk to to passive investors, and I say, look, they're they're two different animals. But as a passive investor, mine because mining gives you your income and you'll get your benefit in the long run as long as you hold your Bitcoin. So the charts and other traders are here to take your money. That's what <laughs> trading is about. Trading is, 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 is about one, one guy who wants to take the other guy's money away, basically, through the trade. Okay. So, now, back to this here. There was something you said earlier, right, about that... It, that was suggested it's going to go much, much higher, right? So it could shoot up higher because it hasn't gone through support. People are waiting. And I imagine as soon as there are signs, oh, my God, it's going to go up, more people are going to rush in, which will drive it Absolutely. up even higher. And then the smart Absolutely. money, probably around the Fibonacci levels, which I haven't worked out how to draw on this yet, are gonna is going to sell. Yeah, I mean, you'll have, people, you'll have sellers that will step in at 8,000. That's right. where sellers... We talk about, um, we do our show with Mark Yagala on um, Global Coin Report, and Mark is a, is a trader, and he's, he knows what he's talking about. And I was talking to him saying, what is, your, what is your breakout price? And he was saying something like 8,600, I think, was the breakout. Well, that's because he sees this right here. Okay, yeah. that's, what the, that's what the real breakout is, is this. So we could easily go up to 8,500 and come back down. 
And then we'll have another test, which will be a bigger test, which is the 10,000, because not only is this the resistance, it's a whole number. 10,000 is a whole number. It plays a psychological role. So you're going to have 10,000 resistance. So you will have all kinds of resistance. But let's talk about something else. Sorry, not Mm -hmm. to spend time here. I want to match something. If we can go back to 2014, Rich, the, the chart of 2014. Yep. Here we go. This is it. Okay. If you can spread it out a little more so that we can see. The... <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> yeah. Spread it out. Spread oh, it out. I I'm still learning <laughs> my trading view. This is the problem. My uh, Mac is very sensitive. Yeah, okay. keep going, keep Good going. Night. Do you want me to change the candles to four hours? No, no. Okay. Daily is, daily is what I want. Just keep spreading it out so we get a little bit more. Yeah, keep going. Okay, good. Now, can you move the whole thing to the right a little bit? Like, actually bring it over so that we, yeah. Right. Okay. So, all of this is, is a bear market. Yeah. Okay. Now, I want you to see, this is really important, I'm going to, do a share screen so that we can bring on what I have here. What I'm about to show you is the president of Bitmain, okay, Jihan Wu, giving a speech about four weeks ago in Tbilisi, Georgia, to a group, to a mining conference, and he is talking about the bear market of 2014 and what the miners were doing at that time, okay? So mm-hmm. let's we do it. What do we do? Is share screen and, and I do my screen. Yeah, I stop um, my share, then you share yours. Okay, so I share mine, and here it is. Tell me if you can see it. I can see it. All right. Hey. So here's what do we got? Jihan Wu here, and I'm going to play it right at the right time. So please make sure you listen carefully to what he's about to say. Uh, very serious. If you look at Ethereum, you have a loss of 90% of its value. This is a really serious, uh, not a very good situation for the whole industry. Um, if, if we look at the chart, uh, Bitcoin have dropped 70% of its price. And uh, this, uh, He's talking um, about the current bear market now. But uh, uh, mining during uh, investing to mining during the bearish market uh, may be quite a smart timing tool. Uh, uh, I still remember the last bearish trend at the end of uh, 2014. Lots of our customers buy our future uh, ratio minus that was uh, S5 uh, in the beginning of. Uh, uh, it says, it's, sorry, it says seven in the beginning of uh, 2015. All of those customers who were buying that batch of the machine uh, made a huge profit. Why? Because at that time, the mining farm are competing for customers. Uh, they're maintaining. Okay, so I just stopped it. That, that's all you needed to hear, really. I mean, you can, we'll, we'll provide the link for them. But so important to realize that the people were, who were mining in the bear market that we showed, so mm. if you want to go back back to your screen, we can do that. Um, I will stop sharing. 
Yeah. Right? So the people that were mining throughout this whole bear market of 2014 and 15, beginning of 2015, those were the guys that made a huge return on their money. Now, were there traders that traded the market and also made? Yes. But I can guarantee you that there were far fewer traders that made money compared to the miners who were just mining as much as they could during that period and held. It's much easier to mine than it is to trade and make income. Yeah. So that is, that is a real point that I want to drive home. We're in a bear market. We are miners. We understand what's going on. People who are investing right now um, are understandably concerned. They're, they focus more on what the month-to-month -month return is on mining and I always try to point out, look, if you're looking at one or two months, three months, you know, this might not be for you. So key point to remember. And then let's see what happens after this bear market. What happens? Sure. Well, let me just say something else, right? Because we had in that bear market this very, look at this consolidation, very, yeah. very dull movements. And then the move upwards. Because the other thing is that... Uh, I think it's going to break out because of the fundamentals, but also because the long-term trend is, is upwards. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm one of those believers who believes Bitcoin is going oh. uh, to 50,000 and then to the two, 300,000 and above. You know, that's my opinion, not investment advice. No. But we are very, very early in the Bitcoin game. Banks and institutions have not even gotten involved yet. I just did a, an article for Steemit the other day where the number one financial advisor, uh, he got voted number one on Barron's, right? Mm -hmm. Wall Street number one financial advisor came out, and his name is Rick Edelman. He came out and said, Bitcoin is real. Financial advisors need to start learning about Bitcoin so that they can advise their clients. A little bit further on in the interview, it was on CNBC, he talks about how, well, I actually can't tell my clients to buy it yet because the ETF is not there, it's not, it's not a registered investment, um, and most financial advisors that I've spoken to really don't know much about Bitcoin. I'm telling you, this is a godsend for individual investors. It is the first time in Wall Street history where the people have the power to actually get involved in an investment before Wall Street. Yeah. This is Wall Street's nightmare. Yeah, okay? absolutely. Bitcoin is Wall Street's nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what I would do, and I'm not a trader, not financial advice, is I would just sit and wait. I would just sit and wait until there was a clear indication. But I think it's going to move upwards. What I want to do is I want to have a quick look at Tron and then move on to Global Coin Report. And then, I should have said this earlier, we've got some very exciting news about Electronium, which we'll come to in a second. So this is uh, Tron, and I don't really cover Tron. I have a little bit of Tron somewhere, but um, it has gone upwards. This is not 2014 Tron, this is up-to-date current chart of Tron. It has gone upwards, and it started moving up around about, around about here, on the 6th of October. But here on the 5th of October, on the 5th of October, 
the Global Coin Report published this. And I've noticed they did this before. They did this with Ripple. So this was published three days ago by Ali Kumar. Tron is almost ready to break the trend line. And then this article, and the Global Coin Report stuff is done, is written by traders. Yeah. He's saying that uh, Tron is going to move upwards. And then yeah. what's happened today, I noticed in their uh, website, is this. Tron eyes top 10 spot with a 14% price surge as others, as others keep quiet. So this is in three hours ago. So yeah. this is interesting. And I'm just, I'm just saying this for people, you know, you want to check out Global Coin Report. Amir's on Global Coin Report. And then we have uh, this on Global Coin Report. This was from last week because you do a show there. Anything yeah. you want to say about Tron or should I just carry on, Amir? Yeah, no. I, what I would point out here, if you want to show the chart um, and the article. So the article comes out. And what I want to just point out about the Global Coin Report, and, and I'm not a day trader, but for those of you who are traders, they just came out with a subscription-based um, uh, trade calling, trade alert um, feature mm -hmm. where they give market analysis every day and they make calls. And if you're a trader, you should be on that because they have smart guys monitoring the market for you. And it's not bullshit. I mean, when, when they write an article three days earlier and they say Tron is about to break out and then you get a breakout, they know what they're talking about. So yeah. don't don't trade alone. I would highly recommend looking into that trading service. It's called like the elite service. I, I don't get compensated for it. It's just really good intelligence. And look, even though it broke out, it came back to retest the lows and let's see what's going to happen. But it was certainly a good call out of Global Coin Report. That's right. And they did the same with Ripple before Ripple went on its crazy run very recently. They did Ripple and they did the same with Electronium. Yes. They had, they had three calls that came out where you could have doubled, tripled your money as a trader. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's listen to this bit about from last week's Global Coin Report. One thing that I do want to point out is we're going to have uh, the CEO of Electronium, Richard Ells, on the show next week. And that uh, should be exciting. Richard is almost as famous as Bitcoin itself, uh, it seems, at least the uh, last few weeks. Um, I know they're, doing, they're working on some pretty cool things. He'll talk about that. I'll save that. But I know a lot of people want to know about Electronium. So we can kind of... Yeah, for, for the Electronium fans, um, you know, uh, if, if you have any specific questions that you would like us to ask of Richard, please uh, leave them in the comments section of this video. Yep. Uh, we'll get Richard to answer them. And uh, it shall be an interesting and exciting show. Yeah, that's Great. right. I shall link to this in the description below so that people can put their comments on this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Amir, is there anything else you want to say about the Bitcoin price? Um, no, I think as far as price goes, we're very, we're, we're basically in the same period as we were in 2014. We're just in consolidation. There are a lot of upside potential news coming out, the ETF that everybody's waiting for. There are whales in the market that are buying in the OTC market. I see um, very positive signs. I, I mean, look, I wrote that article like a month ago now where I said we've, we've hit the lows, Bitcoin's not going any lower, but get ready for a shit ton of volatility. Yeah. I mean, that's still what I think is going to happen. It's going to be very volatile, and they're going to try to scare out as many people out of the market before the next run-up. 
I would just close with one thing, if you don't mind, not that mm -hmm. I'm pushing something, but if I can take, if I can do the share screen again, because there's sure. one thing about mining, and then I'll be able to use this video for my um, Elevate Group community as well. And let me, before I do that, let me just move this, hold on one second, Rich, sorry. I have a very cluttered, uh, I have a very, very cluttered, okay, here it is. So this okay. is your screen now? Uh, it's going to no, be my no, screen. It's going to be second. your screen, this is my screen, that's right. That's yep. right. Okay. All right, now it's my screen. Can you see it? The cost to mine one Bitcoin based on the average rate of electricity per country. Oh, I'd like right. that. So one, the one other thing I want to talk about when it comes to mining Bitcoin, as we spoke about earlier, the differences between mining and holding. Mining is, in essence, manufacturing. You're manufacturing the Bitcoin as a result of the power and com computation that you're providing the network. Now, yes. our mine... Our mine is located in Russia, and these numbers are almost right. Um, mm -hmm. They're probably off by a little bit. Um, but when I talk to people and I say, look, you need to find low power costs, you look at Russia, and you it's $4,675 to mine a Bitcoin. So the, the other advantage that you have as a miner is that you're accumulating Bitcoin at lower than market price, okay? So that's another very, very important advantage that people who mine um, are mining for. That's one of the reasons they have. And it's actually cheaper than the 4,600 in Russia because we have, you know, industrial um, rate power. It's, it's lower than that. Mm -hmm. But bottom line is mining under the right economic conditions will generate Bitcoin at lower than market price cost. So those are very, very important advantages that um, one needs to be aware of. And um, and with that, I will stop share and give it back to you, Rich. Great. Amir, listen, thank you so much. And uh, everybody else, if you have any comments or questions, or actually thoughts and opinions, where do you think the Bitcoin price is going to go? Although, I don't know, is there anybody who really, really thinks it's going to go down? If you do, do let us know. And uh, your questions and comments for Richard, Richard Ells, please go to the Global Coin Report, put them underneath the video. I'll link to that in the description below. Uh, I have uh, links for Elevate Group and also for Global Coin Report Elite. And if you, um, between now and when I see you next, please keep filling your pockets with crypto profits. This is Crypto Rich and Crypto Amir signing out. All the best. Bye bye.